The heart of every man craves a great adventure, but life doesn't usually feel that way. Jesus speaks of narrow gates and wide roads, but the masculine journey is filled with many twists and turns. So how do we keep from losing heart while trying to find the good way when life feels more like a losing battle than something worth dying for? Grab your gear and come on a quest with your band of brothers who will serve as the guides in what we call the masculine journey. The masculine journey starts here now. Welcome to the masculine journey. We are so glad to have you with us today. It is a special day today. It is, well, special to some people. Some people say it's a made-up holiday. But it, it's Valentine's Day today, guys. Do you guys realize that? Thank you. And that's why we're going to do the show all about love. <laughs> no, no, we're not. <laughs> so don't turn us off yet. But What's uh, love got to do with it? it, it I don't know. But uh, Robbie, are, are you ready for Valentine's Day? I survived Valentine's, Valentine's Day Eve. Oh, here it is on actually the day, the rapturous day, the fraptious day. Yeah, we're not an Eve this time, which is really good. So, you know, guys, if you haven't went out and got something, you don't have much time <laughs> left, okay? So go, and ladies, that applies to you as well. So, you know, even just a little something to let them know you're thinking about them. Now, Vinny, are you ready for Valentine's Day? But of course, Valentine's Day is every day for me. Oh, so, uh, you know, Valentine was Italian, wasn't he? That's right. St. <laughs> Valentine. You heard it at, oh, I don't want to go into the. You were roommates in school. <laughs> <laughs> You're pretty close. <laughs> You're pretty close. I remember. Yeah. Uh, okay. oh. Well, on to the topic that we really got to talk about today. We're going to continue to talk about spiritual warfare. And so over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about how the enemy attacks us in different ways. And, and next week, we're going to tie it all together on how he uses them all. Together, so it's a little bit of a, a tease for next week but this time we're going to talk about how he attacks your identity and why does he attack your identity and, and why is that important so i want to go to a clip right out of the gate it's from a movie called born identity so imagine that identity yeah. and it's just a very very small clip it is got a heavy accent at the beginning but uh, listen to it and, and let's see what the character who speaks english very well has to say and you need to rest wait Please, soldier. I'm a friend. I'm your friend. Huh? Your name is Giancarlo. Who are you? What's your name? What's your name? I don't know. He doesn't say much. No. But he doesn't know his name. Scary. Yeah, no, if you've watched that movie, there's a lot of things to do with CIA type things, but you know, you have a man here that does not know who he is and this is literally he doesn't know who he is but isn't that some of our story at times Al? oh absolutely and if you think about that movie what does he do when he doesn't know who he is he gets combative he and he starts searching around trying to figure everything out is that any different from what we do when we don't know our identity we panic we get insecure we we start believing that we don't have what it takes so so what are those identities that we have i mean do we have one do we have more than one at the at the basic level, Robbie, we are all what in our identity? Oh, good. He leaves a blank there. I did. Children I did. of God. <laughs> Children of God. Thanks for bailing him out. I wanted to see that look on Robbie's face. Thanks, Al. <laughs> we are Children of God, Sam. Thank you. I just well look, done, Robbie. Well done. This will make sure you're paying attention. Uh, yeah, we are children of God, and and that tells us that clearly in Scripture that if we believe in God, that he allows us to, to become children of God, and he, he calls us uh, his beloved, all sorts of things that remind us constantly in Scripture that we are his beloved children. And 
And that's an identity that we have and the base identity that below everything else, that's who we are at our foundational level. That's who Adam and Eve were at their foundational level. But there's other identities that God helps us discover about ourselves. Robbie, is there any that you can think of how that might play <laughs> out as I give you long enough to come up with an answer? Flaming orange peels, <laughs> green bananas or gratin. Yeah, well, sure. You have your nationality, you know, yeah. like you're an American, or, you know, maybe you're a Baptist, as the case may be, your church identity. But, you know, there's other things that, for a lot of men, it's what they do, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm a salesman, or I'm a manager, or I'm a CEO, or CFO, you know, they put their title on their business card, and that becomes, to a great extent, their identity, kind of a scary thing. It is, and a lot of those are world-driven identities. Right. You know, they're not God, I, God-driven identities. I mean, I guess God decided we'd be born in America and we were born here, but that's a world's standard. Now, there's other identities God gives us as individuals. Robbie, I know that there's been a name that you've heard God say to you, specifically to you, and kind of explain a little bit what I'm talking about there. Yeah, well, in Revelation, there's this passage that says when we get to heaven, we're going to get a new name, and when we do the boot camps, we often send men out and ask them to ask God that question ahead of time, kind of get, you know, that Christmas present early. And at one of the boot camps, I went through quite an ordeal of headaches and lots of things to try to determine what my new name was. And I heard God said, you are faithful. And it was kind of disappointing to me because I thought, really, God? It's like, you, I, I got a name like a dog, Old Faithful? What's up with this? He said, he said, well, you know, think about it, Robbie. You were the only child that stayed with your parents during the both parents during the divorce. You never quit a job. You know, you never cheated on your wife and all these things that, and as he started to show me what faithful meant and I started to realize what the identity was, the more I realized, wow, that's, that's really, and all of a sudden, and you know this too, as you begin to walk in that identity once you understand it, then you see the way that it's been attacked mm-hmm. and you see the way uh, that um, you feel when you're walking contrary to it and how it takes you completely out of the um, game, so to speak. It does. It does. It actually is going to bring me to a clip here in a second. But just because you know your identity, the enemy doesn't stop attacking you. Right? He keeps lobbing those volleys at you. And so I want to listen to a couple guys that really know who they are. I think you'll be familiar with these clips. But I want you to ask yourself, why do these really resonate in my heart? Why do I love these things? And, and we'll come back and talk about that. I am William Wallace, and I see a whole army of my countrymen here in defiance of tyranny. You've come to fight as free men, and free men you are. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius, commander of the armies of the North, general of the Felix Legions, loyal servant to the true emperor, Marcus Aurelius, Father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. So, Al, as you listen to that, why do guys love that? Now, women can love those movies as well, but why do those really speak to to men's hearts? This is a strong man who's walking in his identity, and he's going to accomplish what he sets out for. You just know that he's going to just by watching him. And right away, people who don't have their identity or they're longing to be stronger— they, they want to identify with that. They want to follow that because they want to find their own identity. Yeah, I think that, you know, Robbie, you talked about that people, it's hard to, to, to fight the battle. 
right? When you don't know who you are. And, and the cool thing about what Wallace was doing in the beginning of that clip is he knows who he is. Very, very clearly he knows who he is. And so he's reminding the rest of his countrymen who they are. You are Freeman. You are Scottish. You've never been defeated in battle. And that's what happens when you walk in your identity, when you can claim it again, when you can step more fully into it and avoid the attacks of the enemy. Other people's lives are impacted. Haven't you guys ever been around somebody that really kind of knows who they are and haven't they made a difference for you? Oh, I can speak to that. Um, it was 1974, 75, in mid-70s. Um, a man named Henry Douglas uh, took over from McClintock Junior High School's football team. We had not had a winning season in 14, 15 years. He walked out there and he had played for the Tennessee Volunteers. His roommate was Claude Humphrey, the um, Hall of Famer. So this man knew football. He knew what it was like to be strong. And he walked out there and he took us to... Um, we won our, I guess we'd won first time, uh, two games back to back. Um, it was it was an amazing time to watch the school turn around in football. We went on the next um, next year is to win the city championship or to in Charlotte. I mean, it was a, I guess it was I don't know if it was a city championship, but it was close to it. Um, but everybody at that point started walking in their identity. They had confidence. I'm a football player. We win. That's what we do. Right. It does impact you. That's why it works so effectively with sports teams. They identify with, they identify with an identity. But as said earlier, it doesn't keep you from being attacked. This week, something happened to me. It's been building over the last couple of weeks that uh, it really didn't make sense until I woke up in the middle of the night and stopped and said, okay, God, let's just talk about this. And really what was going on, I was just feeling lots of pressure, feeling lots of... Um, anxiety for lack of a better term and uh, had a lot of commitments coming down all at one time and and so I went to bed late having worked on something at around 11 and and woke up at three in the morning and just could not go back to sleep the enemy, enemy tried to attack me with a dream which I just said laughed at and said okay that's that's a dream it doesn't have any any legitimacy here but then he started reminding me of all these things that I don't have done right and it's to all these different people it's not just work it's ministry it's friendship, it's all these places, it's family. And it was just eating at my heart. And it wasn't because I wanted to be Superman. It's because God had told me years before, your name is loyal. And it was just breaking my heart to think, I have to be disloyal to one of these people. I'm going to let somebody down. And when God, when I prayed there at 3 o'clock saying, God, can I go back to bed? And he didn't really you know, let me do that. So we sat there and talked for a while and he just said, Sam, it's about loyalty here. And reminded me, this is an attack on your identity. Yes, you still have all that stuff to do, but this is just an attack. That's where the pressure's coming from. Right? And from there, I could go, okay, now I can go take care of the things I need to do. But I could just do it from a mindset of, now I'm not being attacked by the enemy. Isn't that fun when you get to that point in repentance? Where that word is kind of tough to swallow at first. But there's a point in repentance where you feel like you're the prodigal son running for dinner, you know, <laughs> waiting for dad's hug to come when, when all of a sudden you see clearly what it is that he has for you and that you can accomplish that within the identity that he gave for you. And when you were telling that story, I could see the picture of Sam going, oh, I could do this. You know, that's, that's who I am. Yeah, I can go do this, this, and this. And you feel exactly like the prodigal son headed for pork dinner. No, not pork dinner, but. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pork back then. But headed he for, wasn't for, heading for ham. Yeah, he was headed for fatted calf, I think. But uh, 
It, it is. And ironically, you know, all those things for the most part are done, you know, 24 hours later, 36 hours later, done enough that, that they can move forward. And it's just so cool that really God was saying it's all about this attack. And when are you going to let that fall away and believe what I've told you versus what the enemy is trying to do to you here? We're going to talk about when we come back, people who find their identity. You know, what's that do for them? And then what's it do for others? We've got a lot more to talk about on this topic, so stay with us. If you want more information, go to MasculineJourneyRadio.org. Check out some of the blogs. Check out some of the things that we've put on there that you might not know is there. I'm just trying to tease you. I'm saying you want to go see it, MasculineJourneyRadio.org. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle. Unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Daddy, when are you coming home? It can be difficult being a service member called for duty. That's why there's the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program. We help thousands of National Guard and Reserve members ensure their families are taken care of while they're away. Daddy, you're home! And when they return, we help with everything from job opportunities to financial planning. Learn more at yellowribbon.mil. A message from the Department of Defense. You can stop dancing now, but uh, I want to. I, I want feel to say, better. I'm loose, you. ready to go. That is a good thing. I want to thank Dennis, who's not here. You know, he had something that was an obligation tonight, but he is so impactful to this show because he he's the one that picks a lot of these bumper music that just goes right along with the topic, and really appreciate him doing that. It's an old old song, and uh, not old for some of us, but old compared to some of <laughs> you. Oh, it was just yesterday. <laughs> it was just yesterday in '74. But people for a long time are saying, "Tell me who I am." It's obviously something that we struggle with, or it wouldn't be in movies, it wouldn't be in music. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't being attacked. And and so we're going to go to a movie clip and where a guy's identity has been ta- attacked, but it doesn't seem like that initially on what he's doing, but he realizes that this is really about identity. It really is. And it's, did you want me to set it up? Yeah, please. This is from, uh, in 1972, uh, the Palestinians attacked the Israelis in the Olympic Village. And they captured him, took him away, and ended up killing him. The Israeli government, in their uh, their own version of the CIA, the Mossad, identified everybody that was involved, and they went on this international killing spree to assassinate the people involved. In this particular scene, one of the people on the hit squad his, goes under conviction, and he realizes that he's got to choose in his heart between the pride of his country and the pride of his faith in God as a Jew. 
And I'll, I'll leave it there. So you're really going to kill her? If all this blood comes back to us, eventually it will work. Even if it takes years, we'll beat them. We're Jews, Evan. Jews don't do wrong because our enemies do wrong. We can't afford to be that decent anymore. I don't know that we ever were that decent. Suffering thousands of years of hatred doesn't make you decent. But we're supposed to be righteous. That's a beautiful thing. That's Jewish. That's what I knew. That's what I was taught. And now I'm losing it. I'm, I lose that. That's that's, that's 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 everything. That's my soul. You need to go rest somewhere. You don't have to do this one. When I need you again, I'll find you. So uh, you, you're the one that brought this clip in. So why did it really speak to you? What, what moved you to say, hey, let's talk about this one? So often we get caught up in the world around us. We get caught up in ourselves, pride of this, pride of that. But we lose sight of um, the humility that God wants in us. And so he finds it that his soul and his righteousness are far too valuable. They're more valuable than silver, gold, more valuable than international pride or pride of state. It's important because his relationship with God is coming to the forefront is the most important thing in his life. Yeah, it's it's more important than revenge. Absolutely. And so if you don't think that losing identity is an issue, how do you explain churches that when the pastor kind of goes off the deep end, forgets who he is, that the ministry completely fails? Governments at topple because the head of it, again, forgets who he was made to be? Right, And so you see that historically, you see that currently, that when men forget their identity, things are lost within them, but things are affected with lots of other people as well. Probably, you've probably seen some ministries over the years that at some point something happens and all of a sudden it's disappeared. And so it, it, does some level of that come down to identity, do you think? Well, one of the offensive weapons in this battle that I think that is wonderful is that by seeing the attack like you did on loyalty it triangulates your glory in other words each of us have a unique way that we reflect god and if you don't do that unfortunately nobody else can so we all have a friend he's a great sports announcer (laughs) Mm -hmm. well if if you hear the enemy coming against that saying you know you don't have what it takes it's telling you you know, sometimes those attacks are telling you, like in the loyalty issue, that here is where you can walk with God. Here is what he designed you to do. Here is where you will feel like you are where you belong. A- and other people will want to follow you because they'll see that that's an absolute natural thing. As a talk show host, I often have guests on and they're always nervous because they haven't been on the radio much. And it's cool to me to watch them, if I can find them, begin to walk in their identity on the air they go from this very nervous, you know, kind of scattered person to complete surety in what they're talking. You can see the, the, the tone of their voice changes. Everything turns on when they become confident and they begin to walk in their identity. And so by seeing the attack, you can often realize here's the place where you can walk. Now, Vinny, at, at 84 years young, that doesn't happen to you, does it? There's not times that you're attacked, is there? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'm listening to Robbie and all of you 
right now and brings me back to when I was a young kid. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the days of immigration in the United States and especially in New York, where I come from. And I remember walking the streets as a young kid, you know, five, six, seven years old and being beaten up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure out why. You know, I didn't do anything. And there was a war going on between the Irish immigrants and the Italian immigrants. They were calling me names that I didn't know. I finally, you know, you get older and you realize what what it was all about. We left Italy because we were being persecuted over there by invasions of the French and the Albanians and everybody to come over here. And what did we do? We got back into the same thing, only though with the Irish. Yeah. And the Irish did the same thing. So I finally found my identity when I got married, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And that was 24 years after. There's nothing wrong, you know, uh, the way I see it, to find your identity. Because your identity will come, sometimes it comes two or three times in your life. I honestly believe that. You know, me right now, I am such a totally different man than what I was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, some people thought I was uh, great. Some people thought I was not. But right now, I like myself and that's my identity that's right and you know the the enemy loves to take those little true half truths that we talked about before and and remind you of hey this was a sin and this is who you are and, and all those little things that we've done other shows on you can go back and listen to but those attacks continue you know, I, for me, he has to remind me of my identity like every other day because <laughs> I'm a pretty forgetful person. But I do want to go to a clip, Robbie, from a movie that you picked from Alice in Wonderland. So set that up a little bit. Yeah, Lewis and Carol's Alice in Wonderland. There's a real issue with Alice not being Alice. And so you, throughout the show, you may not realize that she's too big, she's too small, all because she's trying to figure out who she is. And this clip kind of takes us to where she really was. What? Oh, yeah. That being you there with the Vorpal sword. No other swords can kill the Jabberwocky. No how. If it ain't Vorpal, it ain't dead. That's not me. I know. Resolve this for us, Absalom. Is she the right Alice? Not hardly. Absalom? For you. settled this. I'm Alice, but not that one. How do you know? You said so yourself. I said you were not hardly Alice, but you're much more her now. In fact, you're almost Alice. Even so, I couldn't slay the Jabberwocky if my life depended on it. It will. So I suggest you keep the Vorpal Sword on hand when the Fraptures Day arrives. Absalom? down i've come to the end of this life you're going to die transform don't go i need your help i don't know what to do i can't help you if you don't even know who you are stupid girl i'm not stupid my name is alice i live in london i have a mother named helen and a sister named margaret my father was charles kingsley he had a vision that stretched halfway around the world and nothing ever stopped him I'm his daughter. I'm Alice Kingsley. Alice at last. Yeah, there are 
you see finally Alice figures out who she is. Similar to the, the clip where you hear, you know, Maximus saying, this is who I am mm-hmm. and this is where I am. So many times we feel like we're either too big or we're too small. We're trying to find ourselves. And, and Lewis and Carol did that in such a unique way in The Looking Glass, which is a picture from the book of James where we don't see ourselves clearly in The Looking Glass. And you know how, he, how James has mm-hmm. that in, in the book? And, and that was where Lewis and Carroll got that. Lewis Carroll got that from was Alice in the Looking Glass was from the Book of James. You know, something I find interesting was last week we talked about the topic of agreements and how the enemy tries to get us to, to make agreements. And one of our guests was my wife that was on, and she talked about how women are attacked with either being too much or not enough. And so you go back to this clip and you say, even here they know that that's really what the attack was in a woman's life. And so if you want more on that, go back and listen to last week's show. Oh, absolutely. It's on maskandjourneyradio.org. As we talk about this topic of identity, you have to hold on to it. It's everything. Al, if you lose your identity, does it impact your family? Oh, I I was just going to say there's collateral damage when a man loses identity. Your children, I don't want to say suffer, but they get persecuted. They suffer. Okay, they suffer. Your wife suffers. Your friends suffer. Because, you know, there's a person that they know and love and they appreciate and all of a sudden it's gone. And, and you know, there's a big gap. And when you walk in your identity, others will be drawn to you to, help, to help learn their identity. That's what we talked about earlier. Why do people really like the Maximus clip? Why do they like the Wallace clip? Because it's a man that knows who he is. And Robbie, it doesn't make a difference the, day that you, the days you wake up and you know exactly who you are. Yeah, I saw this picture today that just strikes out at me. It says, those of us who walk through the flames, the sparks falling off us light the way for others. And you see that with Maximus. You see that, you know, with William Wallace, that those sparks flying off were lighting the way for others. So as you're out there today and you're saying, okay, what do I do with this? Say, God, what is this identity? Am I really living as a child of God? Do I see myself that way? Look in the mirror and say, do I see myself as who you see me and ask him what other names he has for you and do as Robbie said walk in the flame so that the sparks will light the way for others and you can be an encouragement to those who need it thanks for listening we enjoy talking to you and we hope to see you next week bye